Father, we just thank you, Father, every opportunity you give us to come into your house, to worship you, to come together as your people, because we know, Lord, when we come together, the way we experience your presence is different from the way we experienced you, Lord, when we were at home, when we were at office, when we were at school. Today, now it's different, Father, because we all have brought Christ in us to this place. And now as we sit and as we study, as we learn, I we pray you continue to teach us. Because you have one teacher, Lord, the Spirit of God. Today, on Teacher's Day in India, we look to our teacher, our rabbi, our Jesus, our Holy Spirit. Teach us once again. And as we heard and as we prayed, open our ears and open the mind, Lord, understanding that we understand the things that were even hidden from the patriarchs and the prophets of old, but you have opened it to us, your children in the new covenant, Lord. Let us not ever, ever, Lord, take it for granted, the word that we hear, Father, because the prophets long to see these days. They long to hear and understand these words, but they was hidden from them because the mystery of the church was hidden. To every eye and open to us. Speak to us, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So this morning, evening, uh, we continue where we stop, but in a different, slightly different tangent. So first we look to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is the evidence or substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Can I have verse 3 also? Where it says, by faith, we we see that God created everything. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. It doesn't seem like when you go to school and start learning from science about creation, which they don't teach you, they teach you about evolution. But when you come over here, put all that outside and leave it outside and uh, understand, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. We know from the record we have, which God has given us in the Bible in Genesis 1 and 2, chapters 1 and 2, it records creation. And if you notice, all of creation recorded there is done by God through his spoken word. But when it came to man, we see the narrative changing. First, God says, let us make man in our image. Second, it says, he created man probably with his own hands from the earth. And third, it says, he breathed his spirit into man. So these three things makes man absolutely different, unique from all of creation. We may, we may like be dazzled by the sun and the moon and the stars and all this, but you need to realize the most unique creation of God is man. Because one, we were made in his image. Two, he lit, he did not create us by the word of his mouth. He actually framed us with the, his hands. And then he breathed his spirit into us. And scripture says, Adam, the first man, became a living soul. 
And then he had a prepared place. We have heard all that, a prepared place. And he put man over there and he put a man to do something over there. And then he put choices before him. He said, you can do this and you cannot do this. I'm not restraining you, but I'm telling you, if you do this, you will live. If you do this, you will die. But he did not restrain him. Therefore, we see the first thing, the man who was made in the image of God was given the power to choose, which is only we have. We are the only ones who can literally choose our destiny. Even Satan and one third of the angels, by that one choice they made to rebel against God, they no longer have the choice to determine their destiny. Their destiny is already determined. They cannot change their destiny. We have the power to choose and to change our destiny. So understand that. Okay? Please remember even young ones sitting over there, Venkat, young ones sitting over there, you have a choice to listen or to dream. That is God given. But I will use my choice to get your attention back to me. Okay? So we are all using choices to let our minds wander or to focus. We have to learn. We are the only unique creation which has that power to choose. And if you notice, one of the reasons certain nations, certain nations in the world are far, far advanced than the rest is simply because of education. Which basically gives people more information to choose. More information to choose. Okay. That's, that's one of the reasons why we go to school and college. The more you study, the more information you have. The more information you have, the more you can make wise, intelligent choices in life pertaining to this life. Most of this Education which we receive is basically based on what is called science. Even if it is economics, there is a science behind economics. Economics is not random. Economics also works on certain principles. So there is a science behind everything that you learn. And one of the important principles which Jesus said about the kingdom, which is true about this world, also is said in Matthew 13 and verse 12. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. This is is a principle which God has established. The more educated you are, the more informed choices you make, the more educated you can become. The more you know about certain subjects, the more you make choices, the more you will have. That's why we keep telling you to listen carefully and acquire knowledge because ultimately this is how a fundamental law which God has established works. To whom? Whoever has him, to him will? More will be given. Understand that. All of creation, seen, unseen, and this world system in which we live are founded on certain principles established by 
God the creator. Creation is not random. Creation has been established on certain fundamental principles by its creator. Even this world system governs on certain laws. And if you understand it, and you harness it, you can succeed. The problem is, many kids go to school. Many kids receive an, a certificate, but very few actually receive knowledge and understanding and know how to apply it. The whole purpose of going to school is not passing an exam. Though you need to pass an exam to go to the next level, the whole purpose of going to school is to receive knowledge, information, and then learn how to apply it into whatever area God leads you or you choose. And the more you choose, the more information you have, the more successful you are in life. Almost every successful person in this world, unless he got it by default, crooked means, Everyone who is successful is because he had information, he understood that information, and he learned how to apply those information. And one of the key things is why we tell you to listen carefully and see that you understand. Because even this world system works, all of creation works on principles, laws established by God. Let's say economics. Let's say simple, say economics, okay? If you're good at economic economics, principles of how the market works, which includes stewardship, spending, investment. Let me give you an example. 100,000 rupees in the hands of a man who understands how the economic system works is more powerful than the same amount in the hands of someone who has no clue how the system works. So either he will waste it and will be always in lack or it will remain useless in his hands. In Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1, remember a long time ago we saw, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead and you know your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. What does it tell you? This man was excellent in the things of God. Terrible in economics. When it comes to fiscal management, not physical, fiscal management, how to handle money, this prophet was a dummy. To the point, his sons could go into slavery. Okay? You need to understand you give money into hands of a person who doesn't understand the principles in which money works, he will lose it. He will waste it. He will be always a pauper. On the other hand, the second thing, he didn't know. He went into debt. The second thing, giving into the hands of a man who doesn't use it. In Matthew 25, Jesus said, then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered. These are all excuses people make for not actually studying and applying how the market works. So they will come up with all kind of excuses because they don't want to work hard in learning how certain things work. Okay? I was afraid, went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. 
But his Lord answered and said to him, the Lord hits the crux. He says, you know what? You are a wicked and a lazy fellow. You're just making excuses. You're a lazy fellow. Let's leave the wicked out. You're a lazy fellow. And God has established a principle in this system. Lazy people will not prosper. It's a fundamental creation of the creator connected with lazy. A lazy person will not prosper. He does not encourage laziness because the father and the son have been at work from the beginning till this moment. They are working, that's why we are sitting. Otherwise we would be dead. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. He said, why didn't you do an investment? Okay, you didn't want to work. You know, the bank would give you 7.25 interest. 6.25 interest. And if you are a little old senior citizen, you get 6.75. Why didn't you put it? And when I came back, you would have said, Lord, I didn't know how to invest it. But one thing I knew, if I put it in the bank, I had basic knowledge. I could have given you back this much. Understand? Economics. Everything is established on principles. So when it comes to economics, God has his principles. You have to be frugal in your spending. Frugal in your I'm giving you kingdom principles on economics. That's not the subject today. Frugal in your spending. Generous in your giving and wise in your investment. Okay? Frugal in your spending, what you spend on yourself. Generous in your giving, what you spend on others. And wise in your investment. And if you look at successful people in this world, in any field, any field, they are those who have harnessed certain laws established by God. Okay? And they have worked hard. They have managed time. They have understand how relationships work. They pursued knowledge. And therefore they made wise decisions. And they prosper. The rest of creation don't do it. They cannot do it. Because God did not give them that wisdom, understanding or the power to choose. See, one of the channels I watch, not on TV or net, is NG, National Geographic. I like this part where you see the animals, the lions and the buffaloes, the wildebeest and all that. No, It is, you see, when you look at them, you want to think, what dummies? You see, a herd of, say, 200 buffaloes. Their strength, their power, their mass is unbelievable. They can smash into bits any pride of lions. Anybody. Okay. Always the lion will scare them, make them run, pick their prey, go and eat his dinner. Why? Because they cannot think. They don't know how to choose. Can you imagine if they could choose? You look at the history of war battles and all, Alexander onwards or before that, all of them, small armies defeating larger armies and all these battle formations. You have one of these battle formations, which is the army comes like that and then it goes like a crescent moon, draws the enemy in, then cuts them off and kills them in the middle. I always want to tell the buffaloes, why don't you do that? Just why don't you do that? Can you hear me now? Because sometimes it is live. Go sideways, pull the lions in, close the circle, stamp them. But nothing happens. Nothing happens. Why? In the original Bhutanese language, you say, Gutona Gane Mindu, meaning there is nothing in their head. They cannot think. 
Don't be an animal. Think. He did not make us as an animal. Though science would say we are an animal, we are not. We are made in his image. See, that's a fundamental difference between us and them. You need information to make choices. See, all of creation can only work on the principles laid out by the creator. In the Bible, this is called sight. What we perceive through our primary five senses and process it through your mind. The problem is with the processing center, the mind. The more information you have, the better you can process the information that comes in. Okay, the better, the more and more and more and more. Like me, my math stops with class 12. Pastor Vijay's math goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Okay, I had a headache when I was in class 12 listening to the sine theta and cos theta. I was wondering, well, will this end? Okay. But you know, the more you have on a particular subject, the more you can process it, the more you understand, you choose that field, the more you apply it, the more successful you can be because that is how God created. All of creation functions by sight. What they can understand, what their mind can function. But the greatest knowledge available to man unlike the rest of creation is not the knowledge of creation. I told you all of creation works on certain fundamental Principle, that's how we have electricity, fan and all, because the ones who went into that understood there are certain fundamental principles in which electricity is generated, how it functions. You tap it, you bring it, you can use it to harness your stuff. It all works on certain fund economics, commerce, everything works on certain fundamental principles. You understand those principles, harness it, apply it, you can work. So all of creation works on certain principles. And it is called sight. But the greatest knowledge available to man is not the knowledge of creation, how creation works, but actually is the knowledge of the creator. Creator, not creation. All the world can only at the maximum understand how creation works. We have been given the knowledge of the creator and how he works. The person and the ways of the creator. You see this beautiful example between these two in Acts 7 verse 22 and Exodus 33 and verse 13. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. It's a guy, wisdom of the Egyptians, meaning wisdom of the world. He learned, he understood, he applied and the result was he was mighty in speech and mighty in deeds, in work. Okay? Because he understood how these things work. But when you come to Exodus, this is age 40. Exodus 33, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, now show me your way that I might know you. You see? It's moving from how creation works to how the creator works. And sometimes you sit here and I look at your faces. It's not that you don't understand. I will look at how your attention wavers when you're being offered information, not about creation, information about the creator. Which the world we can never understand unless they come to Christ. 
And you tell me this question. Is the knowledge of the creator superior or the knowledge of creation superior? With the knowledge of the creator, this man destroyed the entire army of Egypt which he had once led. Forty years ago, he led the Egyptian army. Forty years later, without the help of anybody, without doing one thing, knowing the way of the creator, the mind of the creator and the power of the creator, he destroyed the entire army of Egypt. So you look at what God is trying to tell his people. The whole world is in the pursuit of the knowledge of creation. And we are called to be in the pursuit of the knowledge of the creator. That's where faith comes in. Okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. Faith can catapult a person far above the reach of the most qualified person walking by sight. Faith can take you far above the most qualified, the most powerful person because one can only harness creation. The other is able to harness the ways and the power and the person. I'm not saying you can control, but you understand how the creator works. Let me explain to you in scripture, okay, how we put science, which is the understanding of creation and God, the creator. Let's look at examples from the Bible, common familiar examples. Matthew 5 verses 25 to 26. No, sorry, Mark, Mark, I think I gave you Mark. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians and she spent all she had and was no better but rather grew worse. Look at application here. This woman is sick and she's got a serious sickness. She had money. Therefore she must have been good with money or somebody who was good with money left her money. But scripture says she spent All that she had. So economics came to an end in her life. She suffered from many physicians, but she was no better. So medical science came to an end in her life. You see it? These are the principles on which creation works. Medical science is based on certain fundamental principles on which the body works. But it had its end. Money has its use, but money comes to an end. When everything of creation comes to an end, who begins? God begins. Scripture says, she heard about Jesus. So where sight, which is fundamentally how the system works, science works, in this case, economics and medicine ceased. What came in? Faith came in. Where both ended, reached its natural conclusion, end, Couldn't do anything further. Faith went beyond. And by faith, she received what neither money could buy or medicine could achieve. Because one is based on the principles of creation. The other, the person of the creator. So you need to see the difference when you come to church 
Put your sight away. Put your understanding away. Normal, school, college, scholarly. Put it all away. Because sight will only connect you to creation. While faith will connect you to the creator. And when it comes to faith, okay, we are coming back to faith. Okay, we have to keep coming back to faith. And Priyanka, the last thing she said, remember, we have to come back to faith. First step about faith is we have to believe in God. It's the first step. You need to realize the world is divided into two categories. One, large group who believe in God or gods. And one set who don't believe there is God. Those who believe in God and those who don't believe in God. So the first step of faith is you have to believe in God. Any God. You must believe in God. You must believe that God exists. That's the first step. At this step, we are only equal to the demons. We know from scripture. But it's still good. Because there are no atheists among demons. All demons are believers. Okay, all demons are believers. The atheist in God's eyes is worse than a demon. Because the, the demons believe in God and religious people believe in God. The atheists don't believe in God. Look at, I'm proving you from scripture. James chapter 2. You believe that there is one God, you do? Well, it's profitable, it's good. If you move from polytheism to monotheism, there's only one God, he says, it's good. It's not bad, it's good. It's good. Even demons believe and tremble. But you are only as good as demons if demons can be good. That's good. It's not bad. It is good. That's the beginning. But from there, we must go beyond that belief which is exhibited by demons to the next level, which is faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. That's what Romans 10, 17 says. Romans 10, 17 says, Then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In many, many translations, if you look, it will be written by the word of Christ. And all, almost all regional languages, most regional languages have read, it will say the word of Christ. Okay? The word of God, the word of Christ, both is the same. From believing in one God, we have identified that God and he is identified to man as Christ. Jesus said, if you know me, you will know God. If you don't know me, you will never understand God. So from believing in one God, actual faith to the next step, you believe in Christ. Not only that, the next step. In First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. There's something, some problem with the word of God. The problem with the word of God is the word of God will only work in those who believe. You can sit here, you can stare in my face, you can take all the notes, write every reference, all that is good but meaningless if you don't believe. The word of God will only work in those who believe. Because everything you write will never come for an examination. You are not going to pass a single exam with what you write. It will only work in those who believe. Only work in those who believe. All the days I studied in school, 
in Kerala in a Protestant school. Every hour we had Bible study and every year we had exam on that Bible book. We had a book and we were taught from the Bible. And every exam I scored the top without knowing Christ. It made no difference in my life. If you don't believe, the word of God will not work in our lives. So first we believe there is one God. Then we narrow it down and we believe that God is Jesus Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And second, the word of God that we hear, we need to believe. And if we don't believe, then our faith, believing is faith. Our faith has no meaning. We don't really have faith. We only have knowledge. We don't have faith. Knowledge doesn't save you. Faith does. So the question is, when we sit, when we hear, do we believe what we hear? Okay? That's why we are focusing on faith and why God is so so gung-ho about faith and faith and faith and faith and faith and faith. He keeps talking. In Ephesians 1.8, sorry, 2.8, not 1.8, sorry, 2.8, Scripture says, we are saved by grace through faith. If you don't believe, we are not saved. There is no way man can be saved except by believing what God has done. And that is faith in Christ and Christ alone. We saw that on Sunday. His work alone. Why is this so important? Why we preach Christ crucified? Because that is the starting point. That's the starting point. Unless we see that and our eyes are open like last Sunday we saw on the incredible righteousness and love of God and you believe. We don't start there. This book is just a book. But if you start there, this book changes. And I honestly believe that most people, not most, I'm not a judge. I'm saying that many people are really not saved. Because this book is not a living book for them. It's not a living book for them. This book, it's not a living book for them. Because if you are saved, this book is different. You see, you can make the best meat curry or bones or biryani, but you cannot feed a dead dog. Cannot. You can keep it all around him. You can even forcibly open his mouth and put it into it. It's not going to go in and make any difference to his life. Because he is dead. And you need to understand, so many Christians are actually dead. They have a name, they are living like Jesus talks about in one church in the book of Revelation. You have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. See, dead people, this is a dead book. For living people, this is a living book. Like, when you go back home, nobody has to tell you to eat. Do you still have to be told, do your devotions? Sounds funny, right? To a living man. The child who is coming back from school, the first thing is, ask mom, he says, what is there to eat? Do you have to tell that child, do you want to eat? 
He says, bring it on. Ask yourself, this is questions you need to ask. Why is, am I really alive? Am I dead to this? Am I dead to this? Because once you are alive, this become, book becomes true. Even if you don't understand, comprehend all of it, it becomes true because this book is called the word of Christ. Meaning, it is connected to a person. That's the reason. See, when the the average or good righteous Hindu reads his scripture, for him the scripture is not connected to a person. His mantra is connected to a person. According to that, he recites certain mantras, which is connected to a particular God. But his book is not connected to a person, so he will only use that book as more like devotions. Understand that? That's a, that's a fact of religion. It is not connected to a person. So you don't feel anything if you don't read it. Because it's not a person. But this is connected to a person. And if you don't read it, then there's something wrong with me. If I'm not hungry for it, there is something wrong with me. Right? Next thing you look, we saw on Sunday in Romans 3 and verse 24 to 25. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith. Jesus died for everybody. Everybody. For God so loved the world, he sent us. He died for everybody. But it is through faith I realize he died for me. By faith, it is no longer everybody. By faith, it is for me. It is by faith, I receive the work of Jesus that happened 2,000 years ago by faith. To demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over sins that were previously committed. So the key is this. It is by faith. Without faith, the death of Jesus Christ has no meaning in your or my life. It is by faith I receive the death of Jesus Christ and I am justified. Otherwise I am not justified. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 and 9. Yes indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence. What? Of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Not the knowledge about. Knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom? Not for what? When we went to study and we went for research, Pastor Vijay Andal, when we did our PhD, we suffered for the sake of knowledge. Okay? Suffered. He is not suffering for knowledge. He is suffering for the knowledge of my Lord, a person. Okay? That I may gain Christ, be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through, through faith. Through faith. In Christ, the righteousness which is from God, by faith. There's no other way. That's why we talk over and preach and preach and preach and preach and preach, hoping 
that faith will arise. Like when I was teaching the pastors in Nepal, morning till evening, I said, I come from Kerala. In Kerala, we have a very typical saying in households. When the mother is feeding the small baby in Telugu land also, I see that they take, they take, and they put it into that baby's mouth. They'll put a handful, three quarters falls out, one little goes in. And the fathers will always say, why are you doing it? And the mother says, when I put in at least little, goes in. So when we preach for two hours, we pray that at least two minutes goes in. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And it's the righteousness of God is only by faith. There's no other way. I am justified by faith. His death works for me. His righteousness comes to be by faith. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, buried with him in baptism in which we are also raised with him through When did Jesus rise? 2000 years ago in time. When did I rise? By faith. 2000 years ago. By faith. By faith. Raised through faith. Who raised him from the dead? Only by faith. In Galatians 3.14 The blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. No other way. No other way. All the successful people in the world with all their knowledge and hard work and pursuit cannot receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is received only through faith. Salvation is received only through faith. You are justified only through. You are raised up only through. And faith comes from. And hearing from the. No other way. You hear. You believe. And I act on your belief. And God says, this is how my kingdom works. The rest of creation is dealing with created things. You are dealing with the creator. And when it comes to the creator, it is only through faith, by faith. Galatians 3.26 For you are all sons of God. When you look in the mirror, it doesn't look like you are a son of God. But by faith, you know who you are. You see, I will tell you, God created us in his image. And he didn't create the lion or the cat or the dog in. Have you ever seen a dog? uh, You see women doing catwalks, but you never see a cat going to a beauty parlor. a dog going for a haircut. You know why? Because deep inside there is this desire and a longing in us. I need to look better than this because that is actually spiritual. It's actually spiritual. But the problem is because our spiritual eyes are shut, we waste all our money and effort and time in trying to look good outwardly. But God has created the fallen man actually knows I am better than this. Because you were created in the image of God. And some of the things which we do in the physical, we don't realize it is actually God trying to tell you. You know why you keep looking in the mirror and you are not satisfied with your looks? You know why? Because you, you are a child of God. And as long as you look with your carnal eyes, you will never be satisfied. But if you really, I I keep telling people, 99% of the things which people do is to be accepted by others. 
And yet they don't realize you are accepted in Christ Jesus. And because they do not know and receive it by faith, they are forever trying everything to be acknowledged and recognized and to be accepted when God says, dude, I accept you. You are my son. You are my son. That's what he's saying, by faith. We're all sons of God. We never have to work towards acceptance anymore. We are already accepted as sons of God. All we have to do is live like sons and daughters of God. We are children of God through faith. Ephesians 3.17 That Christ may dwell in your hearts through How does Christ dwell in my heart? Through faith. Faith comes from hearing from the Acts 15, verse 8 to 9. So God who knows the heart acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by... How is your heart purified? It's by faith. It's no other way. That's why in the house of God, the, the, the word is always about try to... Build up the faith of people because without faith, God can't do anything. And God won't do anything. In Acts 26, verse 15 to 18, and I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but arise, stand on your feet, for I have prepared, appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister, a witness both of the things which you have seen and of things which you will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles whom I now have sent you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. Sanctified means set apart for a whole. Purification and sanctification is not the same thing. Purification brings sanctification. Sanctification doesn't bring purification. It's not the same. Okay? Meaning, when you buy this cup and you clean it and wash it and then say, okay, we will use for pastor on Sunday. So it was purified and set apart for a purpose. The more you purify and the more you sanctify, God says, I use you for a higher and a higher and a higher and a higher purpose. The purpose of a person differs how God uses. You could be out in the world, you got saved, God uses you in the outer courts, you sanctify, he may use you in the holy place, he sanctify, he may use you in the most holy place. And how are you sanctified? Same way everybody is sanctified in the kingdom of God. How? By faith. We will say, oh, I cannot be sanctified. To be sanctified, you have to be a pastor, like Pastor Vijay. No, God says, no, anybody can be sanctified. Everyone who got sanctified, they all got sanctified the same way. By faith. Remember, weeks back I told you, faith is an incredible equalizer. Unbelievable equalizer. Because you can't, you can say, I am not tall, I am not, I am not rich, I am not smart, I am not all that you can say, but you cannot say, I don't have faith. God said, why don't you have faith? Faith comes from curing. Okay. Romans 11, 5. 
First verse 5. Even so at this present time there is a remnant according to the election of grace. There is a remnant. And after every judgment God will have a remnant coming out of it. There is a remnant according to grace. Okay. What happened to the people of Israel? Let's go to the next one I gave you. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it and the rest were blinded. Israel sought, but they did not get. Why? Because they sought it by the works of the law. They did not seek it by faith. And the elect, well said, because of unbelief they were broken and you stand by? How does the elect stand? Or how do you become the elect? By faith. What Israel couldn't do, God says my elect can. But only how? By faith. You become part of God's elect by standing consistently by faith. And then we know of course Hebrews 10.38. My righteous will, 10.38, will live by faith. Now the just, you have been justified by faith and now you shall live by faith. And if you draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Therefore we live by faith. We die by faith. Or rather we die by faith and then we live by faith. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me, and gave himself for me. See, you understand this. Even if we don't know scripture, the devil knows scripture. That's why he will not allow you easily to go walk in faith. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12, scripture says, In Christ, we have boldness and access with what? Confidence. Well, look at that. Boldness, access with confidence. How? Through faith in him. You can go to God. We have access to God in boldness, with confidence, if you're walking by faith. If you're walking by faith. You have access. The boldness and the confidence comes only through faith. Only through faith. Understand that. Use these things. How do we receive our healing? By faith. Acts chapter 3, verse 16. His name in his and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. This is the man who was crippled, kept at the gate called beautiful. His name, whose name? Jesus name, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, faith, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Can you imagine how much money Christians would save if they came to church instead of running to hospital? If they actually came to churches where the word is preached, heard, believed and walked by faith? And walked in your healing? Walked in your deliverance? Because scripture says, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. How? In faith. In his name. Through faith in his name. That's how it comes. Question is, do you believe? Even when you are sitting over there and you are taking your notes and when you go to class next tomorrow and you struggle in all your subjects, do you really believe that through faith I can do well in life? Because all the ones who are getting marks are only connected to creation. I am connected to the creator. 
Do you believe I can do better? I'm not saying you do better than them in exams. I'm saying that you will do better than them in life. Exams is one thing. Because in exams you are being tested on creation. In life, the difference is you are connected to the creator. Do you believe? If you have faith. Do you believe that your breakthroughs will only come because of faith? Or your breakthroughs can come because of faith? Matthew 17 verse 20, Jesus said, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Do you believe? That's what people want, a breakthrough. They're waiting for a breakthrough, fighting for a breakthrough in their life. But do you believe that breakthrough, that thing that is blocking you in your life, can be moved by God only by faith? We want peace, we want joy, we want hope. But do you know this can be received only by faith? Romans 15 verse 3, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. All the hope and the joy God has for you and me is not going to come into me and to you unless we believe. And if you don't believe... You cannot say, Lord, why was so hopeless in life? He said, you didn't believe. Why didn't I never experience his joy on a daily basis? He said, you didn't believe. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You look into the Bible, anything with God, the connector is faith. This connection is faith. That's why we focus on the word because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Faith has to arise and you have to, and it's not receiving knowledge. It's more than that. It is receiving faith. How do you overcome the trials and the testings that comes only through faith? In Hebrews 11, it gives a record. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. And you want to work out righteousness in the way you work. They worked righteousness. Obtain promises, stop the mouth of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of aliens. How? All through faith. Only through faith. You look at this list and apply it to your personal lives and say that, Lord, this is only possible through faith. Even this world, which is like breathing down our neck, 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. All the promises in the Bible we say are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You agree? Yes and amen. Hebrews 6 verse 12. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit thee. All the promises are yes and amen. But how do we inherit it? By faith. Through faith. In patience and through faith. No other way. God has not put any other way. How are we kept till the end? There is a beginning of salvation. There is an end of salvation. How? First Peter chapter 1 verse 5. You who are kept by the power of God through Faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 
Not only are we saved by faith, through faith, by grace, we are also kept till the end only by faith. There is no other way. We will ultimately receive our salvation of our souls through faith. That is the end of our salvation. First Peter chapter 1, 7 to 9. That the genuineness of your faith being made more, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. What is that? Salvation. Right now we are all fighting for our body. Forgetting this body will perish and will be one buried in the grave. Then we will know that whether our soul was saved. That is a dangerous moment. And it is by faith, the end of your faith is what? Not the salvation of your body, it is the salvation of your soul. And people are so caught up in this world, material world, that they don't realize the world passes, the body passes, everything will pass, only the soul ultimately will decide, God will decide where it goes. So we conduct our lives as God directs and not according to the principles of science. Or of this world. Second Corinthians 5. We walk by faith and not by. What is sight? How creation works. What is faith? How creator works. That is why faith is so important. That's why Paul will say at the end of his life in Second Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the. I kept the faith. That's the key. Why could he say that he fought a good fight? Why could he say that he finished the race? Let us say, you are running this, no, relay race. You know, in the relay race, how do you know you finished? It's only you know you have finished, not because how you ran, but because you passed the line with the baton in your hand. If you drop your baton, you are disqualified. You have to what? And each person when he passes, what does he have to do? He has to pass the baton on to the other hand. If the baton drops, the fellow has to come and pick it. That's how they lose six seconds, right? How do you know you have finished the race? How do you know you have fought a good fight? Because when you cross over there, you realize you still have the faith with which you began, which increased on the way and you have finished because your faith is stronger today than when you began. That's how you know. The test is faith. The test is faith. So ask yourself today. Fourth, fifth of, fourth of, what day is today? Fifth of September, is your faith stronger than fifth of August? Of course, that's how you know. By faith, through faith, the whole Bible echoes with these words. From Abel till the last man who will be standing. By faith, by faith, by faith. The question is, Like I said, no, the question is not that you came to church. I'm talking about the young people. The question is that one day when you have your freedom and you're no longer brought to church, what is the choice you will make? You will see a lot of people are not here in church. Half the church is not here. It's because some are working, some are not working. But they have the freedom to choose. 
They have the freedom to choose. I'm not saying they should come to church because it is mandatory. No. You come for the ministry of the word because that's the only way your faith will increase. There's no other way. God has made no other way. He has used the foolishness of preaching. It's called foolishness in the world because they will say, why are you wasting? Why don't you join for a course? God says, there is no other way, absolutely no other way. There's only one way because that will absolutely decide eternity for us by faith, through faith, starting from Abel onwards. But faith has some issues, it's not issues. Faith has to be guarded. Has to be guarded. Faith has to be nourished. Faith has to be acted on. How does faith come? Faith comes from? All of the children especially say faith comes from? Faith comes from? Therefore, you should be very careful what you hear and whom you hear. What you hear, whom you hear. First question God asks Adam. The second question is, who told you? Who told you? Who told you? Faith has to be guarded. Be very careful what you hear and whom you hear. What you hear, especially when you are young in your faith. When the word of God becomes strong in you, it's easier to hear different people because you have discernment by now to know what is right and what is wrong. Okay? It's it's the same thing in the world. When you are in primary class, those who teach you are more important in your life who teach you in primary class than those who teach in higher classes. If the fellow who taught you math in class 2 and taught you 2 plus 2 is 5, okay, you're in serious trouble. But the guy who is teaching you in class 10 makes a mistake and tells you 2 plus 2 is 5, you will say, no sir, it is 4. Okay, so when you are young in your faith, always ask God who gave you that faith, Lord, show me whom I should listen to, what I should read, what I should listen. Reading is part of listening. Okay, be careful whom you hear and what you hear. When you get stronger, it's easier because discernment comes. First thing is faith has to be guarded. Faith is the most. Scripture we saw in Peter, it's more precious than gold. People don't leave gold at home. They keep it in the locker because it is precious. God says you have to guard your faith. And because faith comes from hearing, how do you guard your faith? By guarding your ears and your eyes. What you read and what you hear, whom you hear. Because if your faith goes, you go. Your faith goes, you go. Second thing about faith is this. God told Joshua, meditate upon my word. And we need to realize this. There's nobody in the world, unless you're insane, even the insane fellow, I don't know what it is like. I haven't ever been able to get into the mind of an insane fellow. So I can't, but I've been able to talk to others. But everybody meditates. There's not a single person who does not meditate. To Meditate, you don't have to be religious. If you are thinking over something over and over and again, you are an expert meditator. Worry is meditation in the wrong way. 
Worry is meditation. You know that? It's meditation. Because why do you worry? Because you are thinking on a negative over and over. Bitterness is meditation which has gone deep. Okay. Anger is meditation that has turned violent. This is all meditation. You are thinking over something over and over and over. So everybody here sitting, even Venkat sitting over here, though he's staring into space, is meditating. He's <laughs> meditating. It's a small kid, he doesn't understand English better, but he's still, okay? Nobody can sit still and say, I am thinking nothing. No, you cannot. It's not possible to think nothing. We all meditate. But God told Joshua, the principle for success in my kingdom is this. Meditate on my word day and night. Meditate upon my word. Meditate upon the word. That's the key. It's not reading the word. It's not reading the word. It's thinking the word. You dream about the word. You have visions about the word because that's what you meditate. You get up angry because you are meditating on somebody before you went to sleep, right? <laughs> and in the in your sleep, you are chasing somebody with a knife and all. People come and tell me their dreams. I said, boy, what dreams and all they see, you know, chasing people and all that. Okay? You know, when I was, um, I finished all that meetings and the final meeting on Saturday. This is not really unknown place. You see, Teaching pastors and these kind of meetings, because you are familiar and have come in an order, it is easier than to go to a suddenly different place. You don't know anybody there, and it's a Sunday service. Okay, Sunday service. Only God knows the people. I don't know the people. Sunday service is not a teaching session. You have to give them what God wants them for, okay? And you wouldn't believe the meeting was in the morning. At three in the morning, I dreamt what I was preaching. I dreamt actual scripture I was dreaming and God was telling me, this is what you need to tell those people. Meditate upon the word day and night. The question is, what are we meditating on? The past? Problems? Treasure? Possessions? Pleasure? Or God's promises? What are we meditating on? Something we are meditating on. What we are meditating on will usually come out when we are casually sitting and talking. Crack! It comes out. And you will realize that's what we are meditating on. Because Jesus said, the mouth speaks or the heart is full of. If you're meditating on the word of God, it is naturally, you don't have to struggle and be an encyclopedia. It naturally, it will do the conversation, you will turn it towards the word. Because that's what you're thinking on. But you are thinking on something else. You don't have to do anything. It will naturally flow out. What are you meditating on? Faith comes from hearing. Hearing from the word of God. And Jesus told Joshua, you really want to be successful? Possess everything that I have told you. All the promises are yes and amen. Meditate upon my word day and night. Okay, we'll come to that second, next part later. Third thing. Faith has silence. What does faith have? Faith has silence. Faith is built in silence. 
the first lesson of warfare first lesson of warfare for the new generation they're going to fight their first battle they haven't fought a single battle yet they cross river jordan they are circumcised they are set apart Jericho is shut in, nobody can go in, nobody can come out, the walls are huge, mighty men inside, they haven't won single battle, they haven't fought, they are going to fight. They're going to fight. But before they can fight, remember the walls of Jericho came down by faith. So one first lesson of God before the first battle is given in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 10. Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. The first lesson is silence because faith is built in silence. Faith is built in silence. You need to have those periods of silence. It's a simple lesson he was teaching them, saying, your fathers lost their inheritance because they kept their mouth open. Talk, 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 talk. Unbelief sight. Unbelief sight. When they opened their mouth, they looked around and talked what the world was telling them. So God said, first question, don't talk. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. Let your faith be built. When I tell you to speak, speak. Remember, God had to try to teach their fathers this lesson, but they didn't learn. Remember, they left Egypt, came out all because of God. They didn't do anything at all. God brought them out. Pharaoh let them go. Then the Pharaoh came behind them with hundreds of chariots and the whole army. God took them to the Banks of the Red Sea, the Pharaoh is behind them, the Red Sea is before them. It's an unbelievably fearsome sight. That's what the enemy will always try to manipulate us into sight. Where our emotions are kicked up, you look Red Sea, you look back the enemy, you don't know which way to turn. Sometimes the circumstances becomes like that. And God had tried to teach them, the fathers, the same lesson. In Exodus 14, And verse 13 and 14, I want to look at the Amplified Version. Is that Amplified Version? Yeah? Moses told the people, fear not, stand still, meaning firm, confident, undismayed. And see the salvation, the Lord, which will work for you. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. What is he saying? Keep quiet. He will fight for you. He will fight for you. God will fight for you. But the only way God can fight for you in this situation is what? Keep quiet. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Why? Why is it so important? Romans 10 and verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we... Where is it? It's in your mouth. How is faith expressed? How is faith expressed? Through your mouth. You need to understand all of us in the world or in the church, wherever you are, everybody 
is involved in a religious activity. Okay, we are involved in a religious, life is a religious activity. In this life of religious activity, everything is religious, okay? There are two high priests. One is called Jesus, the high priest. The other is the devil, the other high priest. There are two high priests, original and duplicate. One is the high priest of light. The other is the high priest of darkness. One is the high priest of the kingdom of God. The other is the high priest of the kingdom of darkness. Two high priests. Understand that. When we speak, both high priests are waiting. Both are waiting for our confession. Hebrews 3.1 Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. First the term apostle means this sent out one. Jesus was the first apostle of God. He was sent to us for our redemption. So he came as an apostle and redeemed because he was the sent one. As the father said, I sent you. He told his disciples, he was sent by the father for a particular work to redeem us. Now that he has redeemed us and he is in heaven, what is he? He is the high priest of our confession. The high priest of our confession. What is the devil? The high priest of our confession. Whoever, whatever you confess, it goes. If its confession is according to God's word, Jesus takes that confession and declares it before the Father. If our confession is according to the devil and this world, the devil takes it and argues it against us. They are both high priests. And he is the high priest of our confession. Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our... What does that mean? What does that mean? Without wavering. What does it mean? When you're flying, you know, you're flying and uh, after some time they will put this thing, you can take your seat belts off, you leave it on, everything is fine. Suddenly, click, the signal will come and the announcement will come. Please fasten your seat belts and everybody will be seated because there is turbulence on the way. So when scripture says hold fast, it is saying in this walk of faith, there is going to be turbulence. Don't change your confession. Don't change your confession. For the one who promised is true and faithful. Don't change your confession according to the situation. Hold fast. Hold fast. Because when Tob, that's what happened to the children of Israel. When things were okay, they took all their guitar and danced. The minute things, the confession changed. Why did you bring us? Why did you bring us? Did you bring us here to die? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Finally, what happened? They all died. Why? The high priest of their confession called death swallowed them all up. Because the devil will have to, and God is righteous. God is, he's saying, Lord, every time I hear them confessing me, not you. They were declaring with their mouth they were brought to die. Brought to die. Remember when Job was tested and tested and tested, even when his wife told him to curse God and die, he said, you're talking like a foolish woman. What the scripture says, in all these things, Job did not sin with his lips. He was very careful about what he was talking. 
Very careful. So we have to start changing what we say. Because God is the high priest of our confession. And faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. Meditate upon the word day and night. Meditate upon the word day and night. Do not hold fast. Don't change the narrative. Don't get discouraged. Don't back off. In Hebrews 10, verse 21, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Faith is the substance of things, Okay, you know what he's talking, what he's actually talking about. When you believe and you walk in your faith and you confess your faith according to your belief, after some time, your confession starts having substance. You know, you know that, you know that, you know that it is true. And you don't need anything else to convince you. Your faith has substance. And scripture says that faith when it has substance, is hope. What is hope? Hope is faith which has substance. Hope is faith which has substance. That's what he's talking about. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. A lot of people don't have hope because their faith don't have substance. Faith has no substance. Without wavering. When we have built a substance of faith, hope comes. And sometimes, even the opposition we face, the struggles we face, the devil we face, itself becomes the substance of our hope. When faith has substance. Remember the 12 spies who went and came back and all that they say? And listen to Caleb in in Numbers 14. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Now look at that. What is he saying? These people are giants. The cities are huge. And they are armed men over there. But you know what? God has said something. God said, if you believe me and you walk by faith, and you don't turn to the left or right, nobody can stand against you. So if God has said nobody can stand against you, the biggest guy who stands against me is also what for me? Bread for me. That's the substance of your faith. Your faith has substance now. He's saying, you know what? You see enemies, I see bread. They see enemies, and they see we are grasshoppers. You see, look at the people. The people are seeing themselves as grasshoppers and they are giants. One man says, the giant you see is bread for us. Because his faith has substance. Do we have substance? That's what God is asking. Do we have substance? Because that is how God builds everything. That's how God does everything. You remember how God built the faith of Gideon? He's a fearful man. Very fearful man. And the angel came, angel of the Lord came. Then he said, okay, you offer me a sacrifice. Gideon says, and he offers him a sacrifice. Boom, fire. 
Oh Lord, it is you. Okay. Little faith and sight mixed. Lord, it is me. He said, okay, now do second thing. You kill the bull and gave a sacrifice. Now kill the second bull and cut down all the Asherah poles in front of your father's thing and offer, make another altar and offer it there. Fearfully and wonderfully, he did it. When he did it, what happened? The people of the town came. But for the first time, the father of Gideon stood by him and said, leave it alone. Don't go after my son. If Baal is Baal, let him fight for his own altar. So he says, wow, daddy also stood by me. His faith grew a little. Okay, grew a little. He blows the trumpet. 32,000 people come and he says, wow. He's still fearful. He says, Lord, I'm putting the fleece. If fleece, let's say carpet. I'm putting this carpet and it's morning when I come, carpet should be wet, ground should be dry. Then I know, Lord, you, you are real. Comes in the morning, carpet is wet, ground is dry. He says, hallelujah. Still fearful. Next day he says, Lord, carpet is dry, ground is wet. God says, okay. Next day he comes, carpet is wet. Sorry, ground is wet, carpet is Then, God says, tell all those who are fearful, let them go. Tang, 22,000 went. He said, take them to the water. Separate them. Finally, he has only 300. You see, when God allows your faith to be tested, and you test God, and God allows that to be tested, and you are now sure... Do you need numbers? If he had known this in the beginning, he would have said, Lord, I want, I don't, I'm not testing you, just let me go with 32,000. But now that you have passed the test of faith, God says, take all those who don't believe out of the circle. I don't need anybody. Only those who come through the waters, which is through the word. Let them pass those tests of the word and only them you take. Still he's fearful. Then God says, one more thing I will tell you. In Judges 7, verse 10 and 11. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. He says, you will not go alone. You are a darpuk. So do one thing. Hold your servant's hand and go. And you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down to Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. What is God telling? Finally, he says, you know what? Go quietly in the night. Go to the enemy camp and listen to what the devil is saying about you. When he heard what the devil, the enemy was talking about Gideon, He said, boy, is this what they think about me? That's what God is saying. Do you have any clue what the demons think about us? Do you have any clue? Our very opposition should strengthen our faith. Our faith, the more you go through life, you seem to be facing hurdle after hurdle and bigger. You cross one, the bigger. You cross one, the bigger. That itself should become the substance of your faith. Your enemy should define your faith. If after 20 years in the faith, you are fighting the little kutichatan, the little demon on the roadside, that means you haven't grown. You are still seeing in the dreams, dreams, demons chasing you instead of you chasing the demons. There's something wrong. 
There's something wrong. That's what he says. You go see. The, they are terrified of you. They are talking about the God of Gideon. 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 The enemy is all talking about Gideon. How did they even know about Gideon? What has Gideon done? Nothing. But how did they know? Because these people are all into the occult and their demons have told God has found a warrior and you're finished. He's found a warrior. He's found a man of faith. And he's going to come and you're going to be destroyed. You need to understand enemy recognizes faith. God also only recognizes faith. And faith has to be carefully nurtured. Carefully nurtured. So like I said, faith is built in silence. I will close now. First Kings 17 and verse 1. Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. I said, close. What do you know about this man before this? Nothing. Is there anything written about Elijah before this verse? We don't know who his father is. We don't know who his mother is. We don't know who his home is. We don't know anything about any of his relatives. The only thing we know is... He was from a place called Tishbe, that's all, which is in Gilead, that's all we know. Yet one day he stands before the king and says, until the word of the Lord comes from my mouth, no rain, no dew. Where did his faith come from? It was built in silence. It was built in silence. For years God was building this man's faith, speaking to him. When the time came, God said, stand up. Go stand before the king. Why? What is he saying? The key key is here. Before whom I stand. We have to learn first to stand before God. If we can stand before God, we can stand before any man. Any man. And say what God has to say. But that is built in silence. So learn this lessons. Everything in the kingdom of God is through faith. Where there is no faith, God will not work. God will not work. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing from the guard your faith. Be careful what you listen, whom you listen, what you watch, what you listen to. Even news is not news. It is propaganda. There is no news. There is no news. There's no news anywhere. It's just propaganda. I was telling yesterday to my wife and to my pastor Vijay. I mean, you, most people don't even know. But the next Supreme Court justice for the U.S. Supreme Court, he's going through his Senate confirmations. U.S. democracy is one of those most incredible democracies in the world. Anybody who's appointed to the Supreme Court, like, we are going to get a new Chief Justice on October 3rd, but theirs is different. The President selects him. He has to go through the Senate. And when he goes through the Senate, there will be the Senate committee, then the 100 senators later, everything in his life which is available will be brought out. Meaning hundreds and hundreds and thousands of documents. Anything that has he has spoken 
in his legal life, in his court life, anything negative in his personal life, every word he has uttered, if it is negative, will be brought out and he will be questioned. Why? Because he is going to sit on the Supreme Court and he is going to dispense righteousness one day. And I was telling my wife, and if this is what is demanded from a Supreme Court justice in America, what is demanded from us, God says, you will rule over angels. What is the standard he demands from us to overcome and to reign with him? Think. In the kingdom of man, this is what is demanded from a man to sit in that highest post because he will dispense justice and righteousness. What is demanded from the overcoming sons and daughters of God? Think. By faith and faith alone. Nothing else. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. And every time you hear, you obey, righteousness is being added into your life. From righteousness to righteousness to righteousness to righteousness, so that one day God says, you have overcome, you can sit on the court and dispense judgment for the next thousand years, because you have qualified. Everything you went wrong, you repented, it's under the blood, it is clean, and everything that you were right was right because you heard me and it was not the opinion of man or of this world. It was by faith and faith alone. You have no clue how eternal consequences are going to be determined by what we hear. So be careful what you hear. Shall we pray? Father, this evening we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you, we just praise you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. Who are we, O oh Lord, that you went speak to us? Who are we, O oh Lord, that you even give us your word? But we just want to thank you, Father, for your enormous kindness and your mercy and your goodness. You sent your son, you redeemed us. And you ha- your son still stands there confessing what we confess on earth, O oh Lord. And I pray as we continue to hear your word, faith will arise. And we will learn to allow your faith to grow us in silence. And we will not waste words. You will not waste words because you said life and death is in the power of the tongue. That we'll be careful about what we hear, what we think, what we meditate and what we speak. So that truly you can stand in the presence of the Father and declare our confession to the overseer of our souls, O Lord. Oh Father, help us. Help us, Lord. Even the youngest ones here, Lord, the little word they know, help them to concentrate, help them to think on those, help them to meditate on it, so that all your promises, plans for them will come to pass one day, Lord. We just surrender ourselves once again this this day, this month into their hands. Go with us, go before us, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. We just bless your holy name. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.